Today on Know the Truth, a new message from Philip DeCourcy. Pride is an attitude that credits ourselves with our successes and blames others for our failures and ignores God. It's a rotten sin because when you and I get proud and we ignore God through prayerlessness and thanklessness, God will rise up against us because He will defend His glory because He will not give His glory to another. And welcome to Know the Truth. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today, Philip DeCourcy brings us to the book of Proverbs, remind us of the dangers of pride. We'll be learning exactly what pride is, what its pitfalls look like, and how to avoid it. It's the start of a new message called The Way Up is Down from the That Makes Good Sense series. Later on, I'll tell you about two wonderful resources designed to encourage and equip believers in their walk of faith. You can learn more at ktt.org. All right, let's get started. Here's Pastor Philip. When I was growing up in Northern Ireland, I heard a number of preachers tell the story of a young man in Scotland who aspired to be a pastor. And so the time came when he was given opportunity to preach at his home church. As he bounded up the steps to the pulpit that day, it was evident to all assembled that the young preacher was brimming with confidence. He was cocksure as he began to preach. But to his amazement and to all assembled, his thoughts suddenly get all tangled up. His mouth became dry and he began to choke on his words. In fact, the sermon itself came to a crashing halt only 15 minutes into it. 15 minutes short of the expected 30. And as you can imagine, the young man was disappointed and devastated. In fact, he gathered his sermon notes together. He hung his head in shame, and he gingerly stepped back down the pulpit steps. When the service was finished and most of the congregation had gone home, an old saintly woman had stopped and lingered till she caught the attention of the young man, and then she passed on this word of advice. She said, Laddie, if you had have gone up, the way you come down, you would have come down the way you went up. You get her point? God will exalt the humble. He will humble the exalted. This story illustrates a misled fact that in God's kingdom, the way down is up and the way up is down. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 and 6 remind us that God resists the pride. He gives grace to the humble. That's the lesson that the unbowed and the unbroken go unblessed. That's what wisdom gives us insight to. God hates the pride with his heart. He curses them with his mouth. He punishes them with his hand. That's the teaching of God's word. And in a culture like ours that has fallen in love with itself, you and I need to remind ourselves that the chief end of man is not to glorify himself. That in God's kingdom, the first will be last, the servant will be ruler, and the humble will be exalted. 
We need to alert ourselves to the danger of being self-confident, self-conscious, and self-conceited because when we are any of those things, we are setting ourselves up for failure. Proverbs says, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 18, verse 12, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty and before honor is humility. You see, the book of Proverbs talks much about the folly and sin of pride. This is a book that has been written to us so that we might gain the favor of God and avoid harming ourselves unnecessarily. Go back to Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 32. Proverbs 8 and verse 32, wisdom is speaking. Now therefore listen to me, wisdom says, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me, that is it, he who doesn't listen to what wisdom has to say, listen to these words, wrongs his own soul. Your translation might have it like this, does himself harm. The book of Proverbs was written by multiple authors, given to us by God, put into the canon of Scripture by the Holy Spirit so that you and I, in obeying its instruction, in heeding its insight, would gain the favor of the Lord and do ourselves no harm. And if that's going to happen, you and I have got to be frightened of the Pope of self. Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, said that he was more frightened of the Pope of self than the Popes of Rome because he realized that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, before we get to looking at uh, this theme out of the book of Proverbs, I want to look at what pride is not so that we might understand what it is. What is pride and what is it not? Well, let's begin with uh, what it is not. Let me say this, this, we misunderstand this subject or cause ourselves undue guilt. Pride is not healthy self-respect. There's nothing wrong with knowing who you are, created in God's image, united to Jesus Christ, gifted by the Holy Spirit, and therefore by God's grace, able and capable of doing certain things. Nothing wrong with acknowledging your giftedness. Nothing wrong with acknowledging, in a sense, the nobility of your nature as one created in God's image and in union with Jesus Christ. Because humility, which is the opposite of pride, humility is not self-humiliation. Some people think that humility is putting yourself down. Oh, shucks, you know, don't, that's not me. I, I'm awful, I'm awful, I can't do a thing. I'm all thumbs and... Come on, that's self-humiliation. That's not humility. It's, it's not the opposite of pride. In fact, it can be a form of pride. Oh, shucks. And it's really drawing attention to yourself. You're making a show of your humility, which is a false hum modesty. Now, humility does not deny natural ability, and it does not deny spiritual enabling. So pride is not healthy self-respect. And secondly, pride is not rejoicing in honor felt or given. There's nothing wrong with feeling satisfied over a job well done. 
In fact, in Proverbs 13, verse 19, we read these words, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. If you're able to achieve something or accomplish something, there's nothing wrong with feeling the satisfaction of a job well done. That's not pride. God has gifted us naturally, equipped us supernaturally to the end that we might be creative within his creation. And there is nothing improper or imprudent about rejoicing over God's work in your work. There's nothing wrong with giving honor or receiving it. In fact, Peter says to husbands, live with your wife with understanding in chapter 3 and verse 7 and give her due honor or give her the honor that's due her. Praise her for her sweetness for her service, for her submission. In fact, Proverbs 31, verse 20, it tells us that the virtuous woman will find that her children rise up to give thanks for her. And her husband, when he meets with the guys at the gate and they're talking shop or talking business, he'll inject into the conversation this thought, hey guys, I want to tell you, I have the best wife in the world. I'm going to praise her. She's honorable, virtuous. I thank God for her. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not pride. Humility is not self-deprecation, and pride is not the receiving or the giving of due honor. But I'll tell you what pride is. Pride is um, a direct attack upon God, for it lifts our hearts up against Him and above Him. It is the usurpation of God. It is the replacing and the displacing of God by self. That's what pride is and it stinks to high heaven. I think it was Jonathan Edwards who said that pride is the contending of the human spirit for supremacy with God. Isn't that amazing? But that's what drove Adam and Eve when they fell in the garden, when they fell to the lie, when God told them, you cannot take the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they did because they thought that in the eating of it, they could be, Genesis 3, 5, like God. Pride was the first sin. Pride is the supreme sin. Pride caused Satan to fall and caused man to fall. It is a contending with the supremacy of God. It is a refusal to acknowledge one's dependence upon him. It is taking credit to oneself for what God has done on your behalf. It is what one writer calls cosmic plagiarism. J.C. Mahaney, in his wonderful little book, Humility, I recommend it to you, said that pride is cosmic plagiarism. Plagiarism is taking another person's work, giving him no credit for it, and taking credit for another man's work in your work. And that's what pride is. It's cosmic plagiarism. It's forgetting that God has done all things for us. That in Him we move and we have our being, but we give the impression to ourselves and our children and our wives and others, you know what? I did this. This happened because of me. My wisdom, my wealth, my work. Plagiarism, that's taking credit for work that isn't yours to take credit for. That's what pride is. Pride is prayerlessness. Pride is thanklessness. Pride is a lack of repentance. Pride is not returning to the cross often and much. Pride shows up in contempt for others, in boasting 
and having an inflated opinion of one's abilities. Pride is an attitude that credits ourselves with our successes and blames others for our failures and ignores God. It's a rotten sin, and it provokes God to defend his glory. That's the danger of pride. That's why pride comes before destruction. Because when you and I get pride, when we have an inflated self sense of our own significance and success, and we ignore God through prayerlessness and thanklessness, and we're not repentant and humble and dependent and finding ourselves often at the foot of the cross, God will rise up against us because he will defend his glory because he will not give his glory to another. And he has his image stamped on us so that we will reflect him in all that we do. Mark it down that apart from the mind of Christ, as Paul teaches us in Philippians 2 verses 3 following, apart from the mind of Christ, you and I think too lowly of God, we think too slightly of others, and we think too highly of self. Apart from the mind of Christ, apart from dependence upon God, Without an awareness of God's grace, you and I love to toot our trumpet. You and I like to turn the spotlight on self. This is a malady and a madness, particular to all men who have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And you and I need to think about how we deal with it and how we foster and further the spirit of humility in each of our lives. I I like the collection of children's correspondence as they reflected on life and faith. And there was a little letter in one of these collections written by a young boy by the name of Wayne. He was age 11. His correspondence said this, Dear God, my father thinks he is you. Please straighten him out. Don't we all need straightened out? Adam has us thinking that we can be like God and we can act God-like. We can demand and We can deserve. There's three things I want to say about pride as time allows me. First of all, the evil of pride, the effects of pride, and the eradication of pride. I think if you were listening, you've already concluded that pride is an evil. It is a usurpation of God. It is is seeking to elbow God out of the way. It is prayerlessness. It is thanklessness. It is arrogance and independence. It's, It's an evil. And it sticks to the walls of our heart like mud. And God hates it. And we must hate it. We must mortify it, as John Owen says. Listen to uh, Proverbs 6, verse 17. You know, there are some things that God hates. Not a very politically correct statement, but here's the word of God. These six things the Lord hates, Proverbs 6, 16. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Look at number one, a proud look. A proud look. Someone who looks down on others because they do not look up to God, which would humble them. This is someone who goes through life with their nose stuck up in the air. God hates it with a passion. In fact, over to uh, Proverbs 16, verse 5, just to reinforce this thought. Proverbs 16, verse 5, everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. I hear a lot of Christians today talking about the abomination of homosexuality. What about the abomination of conceit and pride among Christians? Why don't we get worked up about that? 
worked up about putting ourselves on display in our worship and our service, all for the glory of God's name. Come on. That's an abomination. God hates it. He has set against it. This is an evil in the sight of God. Proverbs 8 verse 13 says this, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way. Pride is an evil. I'll tell you why it's an evil on two fronts. Number one, because it causes us, when we display it, it causes us to break both sides of the tablet of the Ten Commandments. You ever looked at the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments? They break in half. Half of them are focused on God and half of them are focused on how we treat others. That's why Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor because that covers both sides of the tablet. But pride breaks both sides of the tablet. Pride has us rising up in our hearts against God, seeking to displace him, seeking to replace him, seeking to ignore him, seeking to take to ourselves that which belongs to him. Unto you, O Lord, unto you, O Lord, be the glory, said the psalmist. But we take the credit to ourselves. We polish our own medals. And therefore, we put ourselves before God, which is a breaking of the first commandment. Pride is self-idolatry. And that's why it's an evil. And you know what? When we love self, we ignore God. And when we love self, it makes us incapable of loving our neighbor. Why should we spend time helping someone in need when we have got such a big ego with so many needs that others need to serve? Do you see how grotesque and odious this sin is? It's scarlet. It stinks to high heaven. It causes God to choke upon it as he smells it in his holy nostrils. It's an evil sin because it breaks both sides of the Ten Commandments. It has man taking glory to himself. And in Romans chapter 1 and verse 21, Paul catalogs the effects of our Adamic nature in terms of how we view ourselves, view life, and view God. In Romans 1 verse 21, here's what we read. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, and they were unthankful. They became ungrateful and independent from God. That is the mark of pride. Fundamentally, pride has a man forgetting God and forgetting himself before God. Pride, if you think about it, is blatant idolatry. It is treachery against heaven. It is moral madness. I'll tell you another thing. It is satanic in its origin. Because this is an evil, not because... It only breaks both sides of the tablet of the Ten Commandments. It has us looking more like the devil than the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, if you need to be reminded of how evil pride is, this was the sin that made the devil the devil. Do you realize that? This was the sin that caused a third of the angelic host to be ousted from heaven itself and cast down into hell. This is the original sin. This is the mother of all sins because the devil was the original sinner. And this is the sin that marked him. 
And this was what gives it its hellish and demonic character. This is what provokes the wrath of God. This is why the wise writers of Israel warned the emerging generation, look, pride comes before destruction because God deals death to those that break his law. If you want an example, just look at Satan. You know, Satan was an angel. Satan was once called Lucifer. He was the highest angel in the order of angelic hosts. According to Ezekiel, he was marked by splendor and beauty. He was wise. He was blameless in his ways until God found him one day. And here's what we read in Ezekiel 28, verse 15 and 17, describing the fall of Satan. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. Instead of reflecting God's glory through his beauty and his splendor, he fell in love with himself and he exalted himself above God and he dared to displace and replace God. Because in Isaiah 14, 13 to 14, here's what we read. This is Satan now. I will ascend to heaven. I will rise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. That's what pride is. Remember Jonathan Edwards? It is a contending for supremacy with God. It's moral insanity to think that you can be like God. But this madness seized the heart of this beautiful creature and he was cast down and he established a shadow empire based on the lie that apart from God, life is both possible and preferable. And he sold that lie to Adam and Eve that they might be like God. This is an evil Pride can turn angels into devils. It can turn men into gods. It can turn worship into idolatry. And when you and I find ourselves conceited and confident, you and I are more like Satan at that moment than we are like the Lord Jesus. Hey, Philip DeCourcy again. I hope that after hearing today's message, you've come to a place where you're ready to make a personal decision about following Jesus Christ, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Perhaps you're feeling weary and you're looking for rest and peace, wearied by your sin, burdened by living a life apart from God, exhausted in your search for peace by yourself. But the good news is that peace can be found and rest can be had. And we believe that's found and had in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not peace like the world gives. He also said, by way of invitation, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. What wonderful news today. He promises to give rest and peace to those that find him and trust him as the Prince of Peace. If you've got questions about the Christian faith, we would love to answer them. Call us, reach out to us here at Know the Truth. Call us at 888-644-8811 or email us at info at ktt.org. 
We want you to know, whatever your question is, Jesus is the answer. The Bible has the answers, and we're ready to give you an answer for the hope that lies within us. But maybe you're ready to make that commitment. You've already decided that Jesus Christ is the answer, that the Bible has the answers. You're ready to follow him. Well, we would love to give you guidance. We would love to point you to him. We would love to pray with you about that very thing. Would you reach out urgently, immediately to us today at Know the Truth by calling 888 or by emailing us at info at ktt.org. We're ready to help. We're ready to talk. We're ready to help you. We would love you today to be born again, to begin a new life in Jesus Christ. And if you would like to help us in this work of sharing the gospel with others, give a gift of any amount today. And when you do, you'll receive the book, What God Wants Every Dad to Know, The Most Important Principles You Can Teach Your Child. You'll also have an opportunity to send a copy of Philip's encouraging book, Take Cover, to a friend. Just call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. Well, I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. Join us tomorrow as Philip DeCourcy concludes today's sobering message about pride titled, The Way Up is Down. That's Friday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free.